what we are in the middle of is a study of building a Christian and what it takes to build a Christian life. And we're going to specifically look at the lesson today of being rooted in the Word. Now, I think that's interesting because it's a bit of a mixed metaphor, if you think about it. Because we're in one sense, we're talking about construction that we want to build. But in another sense, we want to be rooted. But the Lord used those analogies with people all the time. We know that his trade was that of a carpenter, so he would have understood the, the language of a builder. But he also would have understood that he was te- dealing with a lot of people that were agrarian. They, they grew things, and they grew things for themselves and, and for trade as well. And so uh, he used both of those metaphors. And I would say this morning it is uh, absolutely essential that a person be uh, rooted in the Word if they're going to be a Christian. And I want to begin by looking at a passage in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6. So if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me there. And the passage there in in, uh, Colossians 2 says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Now you think about that verse And so if you've received Jesus, you're to walk like Jesus, but you're to be rooted in Him, and you're to be built up in Him. Now, I want you to think about the difference in two things. Let's say that you go camping and you put a tent out, and you you stake this tent to the ground. But, you know, that's a real temporary existence, isn't it? And if you're not happy with that particular location, the next day or the next hour, you can move your tent to another place, couldn't you? It'd be pretty easy. But what this is, is this says that we're rooted in Him. Meaning that we are, we're built up in Him. Meaning that we are relying on Him for our very existence. And that is more like if you were to plant a tree or something like that. And the roots of that tree were to grow deep, deep, deep. That, that tree literally relies on that soil for its very life. If it's going to get moisture... It's going to get it from that soil. If it's going to get nutrients, it's going to get it from that soil. And so that's the analogy we want to understand this morning. And that that the Lord want Paul here commanding the, the church at Colossae and the members there that we're to have our life built upon him. And we get our very nourishment from him. So rooted... Essentially, what does that mean? How do, how do we become rooted in Christ or rooted in the Word? And I think those are synonymous terms. If you look in the Gospel, in the gospel of uh, John, in John chapter 1, we know that it says, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt amongst us. And we understand, understand that when God sent Jesus to this earth, He was the very embodiment of His will and His Word. So when you examine the life of Christ, you're really seeing what God wants from you and from me. He's the standard. He's what we should try to be. He's what, so the way that Jesus looked at the world, that's, what we, that's the way we ought to see the world. The things that Jesus hated, those are the things that we ought to hate. The things that Jesus loved and the people that Jesus loved, that's how we ought to love. And so 
And the things that he did, that's what the things we should strive to do. So when we become rooted in Christ, the only way to really do that is to become rooted in his word. And as we begin to spend time with the Lord's word, and we read and we study and we meditate, and we pour ourselves into that, then we become nourished in the way that it talks about there in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6 in the reading that we began with. Everybody probably remembers the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. So we'll go back and look at that real briefly. And in verse number 3, he begins Jesus' teaching a very simple idea here. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, we understand that that's the person that they heard the word, but, you know, it got mixed in with every other message that goes out, and they didn't give it much credence, and they didn't take any action on it. And they didn't ever become a Christian. They didn't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so the birds came before they had a chance to re-examine that possibility. The birds came and they they took the seed away and um, that was it. You know, years ago, Connie and I tried to plant some grass there in the front and we we thought we'd try some seed and we put that seed out there and we got out there the next few hours and looked and there were birds all over that place eating all that seed. And that grass didn't come up very well. We had a problem with that. And so that's what happens to some people as the word is spread. They hear it. But, you know, it just doesn't, it just seems to get lost in every other thing and they don't ever take any action on it. Then verse number five, and some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and became, as they had no root, they withered away. We know that that happens to people too, is that they, some people will hear the word, they're very excited, they accept it, but they get out in the world and the first conflict they run into, the first challenge they face, what do they do? Give up. That's enough. I, I can't live that way. I'm going to go back to the way that I want to live. And so we see that that's true, that, that there are some that accept the word, but they just don't last because the root did not ever grow as deep as it needed to to give them um, really some kind of a structure. Uh, again, years ago, we tried another way to grow grass. We had some sod laid, and we talked to the guy that was laying the sod, and we asked him, are there any guarantees about that sod? And he said, yeah, I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee this sod. If you don't water it every day for the next two or three weeks, I will guarantee you it will die. That was his guarantee. So guess what we did? We watered it. <laughs> we watered it regularly. Every day we watered it. And so because we did that, that root, the roots eventually developed. And, and we, after a couple of three weeks, we didn't have to water every day because the root system had developed. And then in verse number seven, and I, I think verse number seven, I've never looked at it quite this way before, but I want you to look at this. Verse 7, and some fell by the, from amongst thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, 
Now think about that. That may not be the Christian that walked away. That may not be the person that gave up and, and stopped attending services. It's just that they were never fruitful. They really never did anything in the Lord's kingdom of any consequence or any value or adding anything to the congregation or added anything to the Lord's service because they were so busy with all the things of life that got them caught up in other things. So that instead of being nurtured by their relationship with Christ, they were getting their strength from something else. And there were other things in their life were more important. You know, Jesus warned. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. We understand why. That the better, the better off we are, and in this country we're all very well off, that it's real easy to get caught up in all the fun things and all the things that are, that are going on that you have access to in our culture. And so if we're not careful, those are the things that may crowd out the word, take its place, and we begin to then receive our life and our value from those things rather than from our relationship with God. So that's a real danger. In verse number 8, he goes on to, Jesus concludes his teaching here, and he says, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So there's a fruit there. There's, so the, the, seed, the seed was to germinate, and it was to grow roots, and it was eventually to create some, some kind of a fruit. And that's where we want to be as Christians, is one that is taking our strength or our nourishment from the Lord. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Think about the different things that we read today. You know, you get an email a lot of times, and you might just go through it, and you might glance through it, and you pick up a thing or two. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do that as... You'll see something, and oh, that's interesting. I'll look at that, and they look at it, and, you know, two or three minutes down the road, they forget. They don't think about it much after that. Or there's some things that you just kind of want to read for the main idea. Well, you know, what's the general idea? Maybe it's a whole book, but I just really want the main idea, so I'm not going to analyze every single word. Then there's other things that we read, and we're in there highlighting, and we're in there just taking notes on every last detail. And then there's other things that what we need to do is we need to read it in a way that we take it and we go put it into action. And, you know, that's, that's the way the Lord's Word is, isn't it? It's not, understanding God's Word is not an academic pursuit. It's a participation sport. It's something that we should be engaged in. And he, he addresses that in James chapter 1, in verse number 25, when he says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer of the for, forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in what he does so we don't just hear the word and then we walk as it, in the king james it says that you know we walk our way and we forget what manner of man we are that we read it and we do it we put it into action. And so by reading and then doing and then by reading and then doing, it becomes a part of who we are. And again, that whole idea of being nourished and growing up in Christ is, is, the, 
is the theme of that. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this will be blessed in what he does. So what's the recipe for being rooted in the word? How do we how do we get there? It seems like as Christians, we would all want to be there, but it's a challenge because we do have distractions. We have families, we have work, we have we have things we have to do that are outside of the Lord's kingdom, but how do, we, how do we try to navigate that in a way that's successful? Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses, in talking to the people there, gives us, I think, a real good clue. And he says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. So, first of all, we want to take God's word and put it deep in our heart. And that doesn't take a, a four-hour study one day and then do nothing for six weeks. To have it in our hearts requires a daily effort to put it there. In verse number 7, he says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. So you put it in your heart. You teach it to people. And you shall talk of them when you sit down in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So you're constantly talking about them. You've put it in your heart. You're teaching it. You're talking about it. It's on your mind all the time. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. So we don't have to do that today. We've got scriptures that we can easily access Scripture is ubiquitous. It's all over. We can get it from our phones. We can get it from a book. We can get it anytime, anywhere, unlike what these folks had. But he said, you shall put it on a sign on your hand. And it shall be as frontlets between your eyes. They used to have little, as I understand it, a little box that would go up here that they would keep little, they would write and they would put the passage in that little box, and it would be before their eyes, and they would see it all the time. So if you see it all the time, I know people, some people have the, uh, the practice of they will write scriptures on little sticky notes or someplace in their house, and they'll, they'll put it different places in their house so that when they go in and they get dressed in the morning, there'll be a, there'll be a scripture that they'll read, and they'll see that every day, and it'll remind them of something that they need to think about that day. That's a great practice. Um, Connie used to do a lot of uh, cross-stitch, and when she would cross-stitch, she would sometimes do scriptures, and so we would hang those throughout the house. Well, actually, she would hang them throughout the house. But, um, but those things, you see them, and it reminds you, reminds you of, of what's important and what you should be doing. And so... Really, the, the key, what we're talking about is immersion. Is that's, that's, what he, that's what the Lord calls for here, is for us to immerse ourselves in the Word. I've heard that uh, when people go to a foreign country, and they're there for any length of time at all, they learn the language. Now, there are a lot of people that study, go 
that, that live here and they try to study a language and they just struggle to learn it for a, forever. And they may try for three or four years. And, you know, some are uh, successful, but many are not. But if you go to a foreign country and you immerse yourself in that language, you will figure it out. Because it becomes essential for you to operate in that country. You're going to figure it out. You're going to learn that because you don't have any other choice. So immersion, and that's what we should do with the Lord's Word, is we immerse ourselves in it by study upon it, by meditate upon it, by, uh, by talking about it to Christians and to non-Christians. It's constantly in our mind. It's constantly in our thoughts. Um, my mom used to tell me when I was growing up, he said, son, you have a one-track mind. And, uh, you know, the, and the times that my mind has been focused on the Lord, I've really grown spiritually because, well, I have a one-track mind. And so my mind would keep going there. But what happens after a while is we start to get sidetracked and start to pursue other things and think other things. And pretty soon that's not our focus. And it's not that the things that we're following are necessarily bad in themselves, but they're like that weed or like that thorn that can choke out our relationship with God in a way that we're no longer relying on Him as our ground, as our nourishment, as our essence of being. We tend to, in our culture, I think, take the Lord's Word for granted because it is so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So I want you to think about what it would have been like from the children of Israel when they went into captivity in Babylon for some 70 years. They were deprived of, of religious life as they knew it. The daily sacrifices couldn't go on because they were in another place. Although I'm sure they had access to some scripture, I'm sure it was pretty limited. And so finally, at the end of those 70 years, a man named Nehemiah led them back. Not all of them, but he came back with a group and they built the wall. And there were people there in the city of Jerusalem. And after they built that wall and they, they gave security, there was a priest named Ezra. And Ezra stood up amongst the people and he began to teach. And in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, in verse number 8, he says, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave them the sense and they helped him to understand the reading. You know what the people did? They wept. They cried because it had been so long since they had heard the word. And they realized how far that from God they had become. And that's probably a moment that we need to come to, is that we understand that maybe we've drifted too far from our Lord. And we've got, to, we've got to have that moment that we realize that and we make a commitment that we're going to center ourselves upon Him again and do what we need to do. In John chapter 12, Jesus used these words. In verse number 48, he says, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. And that's the reality. You know, if, 
if you're preparing for anything that you're serious about, you're going to want to know the rules. You're going to want to know the rules. If you're going to go in and you're going to take a test on something, I want to know what I'm tested on. I want to prepare for that test. If I'm going to, if I'm going to have my, my taxes audited, I want to know what's the rules because I don't want to get in trouble with these guys. So I want to follow the rules. Almost anything that we do, we want to know the rules. If we're going to play a game, we want to know what's the rules of the game. And then don't change the rules of the game in the middle of the game. God doesn't do that. God's rules are God's rules. And we can look at them every day. And as we begin to look at ourselves in relationship to the standard of Jesus Christ, we can understand where we need to improve, where we need to do better, that we continue to look into that perfect law of liberty liberty and examine ourselves in light of that and make corrections and then recognize our errors and be honest with ourselves and make additional corrections. So that's the challenge for us as Christians, being rooted in the Word. I want you to look at a passage in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse number 17. It said, Blessed is the man who trusts us in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So our trust is not in something else. Our trust is in the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So they're relying on that river. That it doesn't really matter if there's a drought because they're going to get their nourishment. They're going to get their, their water from that river. That's the way we've got to be. Our trust is on, in the Lord. We know that things here are going to change. That life here will not be what it is in 20 years or 30 years or 40 years. As you go through your life, you're going to have various crises. There's going to be issues come up. There's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And the question is, is where's your trust? Is your trust in the Lord? If your trust is in the Lord, then all those storms that are to come, you'll manage. And you'll still have a relationship with Him. And you'll be saved with him one day. If you put your trust in things that are carnal on the earth, those things eventually are going to burn up. They're going to be gone. The things that you have today that you value, well, enjoy them while you have them because you're renting them. You've got them for a time, but they'll go away. So this morning, I want to challenge you to be more rooted in God's word, to spend time in his word. Don't take it for granted. Spend some time studying it, talking about it with your family, and grow in it as he would have you to. If we can help you this morning in any way, we are going to offer a song of invitation. If there's some here that needs, need assistance and prayers of the church, we would invite you to come forward. If we have one that uh, is a candidate for being baptized, then we would be glad to help you meet that uh, as well. If there's one or more of either cases, we'll ask you to stand we sing.